Yo, it's Tim Malcolm, the host of Playing the Rube, this podcast. Also the editorial director of philliesnation.com, where you can get all of your Phillies news, rumors, information, opinion, and much more. Gabe Kapler, all day. Gabe Kapler. Also, off-season overview. We have a lot going on this week about the Phillies off-season and what they might be looking to do. As for this podcast, well, let me tell you something. It's not good. The 2009 Phillies are pretty bad. By the way, if you don't know what this podcast is, it's myself and Dan Walsh, my partner in crime. We go play out-of-the-park baseball 2018 as the 2009 Philadelphia Phillies in the attempt of being better at the job than Ruben Amaro Jr., Somehow, we are not better at the job than Ruben Amaro Jr. This team is terrible. Might not be all our fault, but we've made a move already. We're almost making a second move. You should listen to this episode for more on that one. And this time around, this episode itself, there might be some winning that happens. Yeah, finally, a team wins. How about that novel concept? All right, let's go. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008. October 29th, 2008. Just days later, Ruben Amaro Jr. would be named general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. But what if, months after that, Ruben left? That's where we come in. Two guys living in their houses in 2017 will attempt to simulate the 2009 Phillies in answering the eternal question, could two guys living in their houses in 2017 do better than Ruben Amaro Jr. with the Philadelphia Phillies? Welcome to Playing the Rube. May 25th, 2009. The Phillies are 11-32. and 32. After giving up 31 runs in three games to the New York Yankees, I really wasn't feeling good about our team. We're back home. We're playing the Florida Marlins. Brett Myers is on the hill. 4680 ERA, blah, blah, blah. Are you not? Is it not all sunshine and rainbows for you right now? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know what. It, yeah, it's not. It's no, it's not. It's not sunshine nor rainbows nor beautiful magical droplets of starshine. I don't freaking know, <laughs> man. <laughs> I like that. Though. That sounds nice to me. <laughs> Can we, we beat the Marlins? Debatable. What's their record right now? Because it's about to be better. Their record is 21 and 23, and now it's 22 and 23 with a 10 to 6 win. 10 to 6. 10 to 6. The Marlins scored five runs in the second inning. Brett Myers gave oh, up Brett Myers. Yeah, five runs in five innings. Lidge gave up five runs without getting an out. Yeah, that's, um, that's bad. I'm not a pitching coach myself, but I know that that is bad. We're going to keep going here. <laughs> we're going to keep going yeah. here, and it's going to yeah. be Cole Hamels. Okay, all right, so we're going to win this one, though. 
Why would you say that? <laughs> I don't know. I I think that we need to find new ways um, to approach problems when we encounter them, and maybe uh, being positive uh, will will be the thing that we need. May 26, 2009. The Phillies are 11 and 33. Next day, Cole Hamill's on the mound for the Phillies today, and we win. We See? I told you. In 12 innings, mind you. 12 innings. Did Hamill's pitch all 12? Because that might be what we need. He pitched seven and two-thirds. He gave up an earned run, eight strikeouts, one walk. He was fabulous. The Phils had a – it was 4-3 to three lead. They had a 4-3 to three lead. Uh, Madsen with the hold. Lidge gave up a run in the ninth. All right. So it's pretty bad when you say to yourself, wow, Lidge only gave up one run in an inning. That's not bad. That's a <laughs> 9 ERA right there. Jack Tashner pitched a solid inning. Rodrigo Lopez got the win in the – 14th, 12th inning, 14th inning, 12th inning, and Chris Coast in the 12th inning hit a single to win the game for the Phils. So we got one. That's right. You know, there are a million ways to win a baseball game, and I thought that sooner or later, much like a million monkeys at a million keyboards, we would find one. May 27, 2009. The Phillies are 12 and 33. Maybe we can win a series for the first time in, it seems like, forever. Can we finally win a series? Yes! We did it. Yes! How did, how did, how did it go? How did our pitching look? 4-2. to two. See, that is a nice, normal, healthy baseball score. <laughs> Kazmir, not... Kazmir with a complete game, eight strikeouts and a walk, six hits. He was fantastic. That's that's exactly what we needed, too, and exactly what our pitching coach needed to continue earning an income. Chase Utley went three for four with a home run because he's fantastic. And, excuse me, he hit two home runs because he's more fantastic. Utley's having I do a, love Chase Utley. Utley's having an outstanding year, and that's sad because we haven't talked about him at all. Um, but he is really putting it together this year. He has a three thirty seven average, four forty OBP, 506 slogging, Six homers, four stolen bases, uh, 2.3 wins above replacement already, 159 weighted runs created. He's been unbelievable, and it's criminal that we're giving him this kind of season. So, by the way, Carlos Ruiz is hitting 316, 404, 449. Like, these guys need a better team around them right now. Yeah, they do, and that's, that's you know, those those two are two of the reasons why we were saying before, like, maybe – having a third baseman who's just roughly average would be enough because it's an improvement, you know, so it's not a complete gaping hole in the lineup. It's not a, a, an all-star or an MVP caliber player either. But when you have two guys hitting over 300 already, you know, and you're getting power from Howard and Utley and whoever else, then you don't need an all-star at every position. So what do you say? Do we want to make a third base move today? Do we also want to do some things with the bullpen? Because Brad Lidge was terrible again this week. Um, the rest of the bullpen turned in a pretty crappy performance. Our pitching coach, I, I would fire him. I don't care if we have nothing better. I don't care. What do you want to do? <laughs> so it's not like you're getting itchy feet here. I feel is that like a phrase? To, is that I, how? We, is that the phrase? 
I feel like cold, not not cold feet, hot feet. I guess maybe it's. I, mean, I don't know. Hot I, feet. I don't know what the phrase is. But look, we're thirteen and thirty-three. We just won two out of three from Florida. But we're thirteen and thirty-three, Dan. No, that's good. We have them right where we want them. What do you want to do? Um, well, so it's times like this that I'm going to remind you that I am your assistant. That means that <laughs> you <laughs> you make the tough decisions. I just say whether they're good or bad ideas. <laughs> okay. It's supposed to be easy for me here. Here's what I think we should do. I think we need to make a move with Brad Lidge, honestly. I'm we can't continue to have him out there doing what he's doing. It's just not it's not smart for us. It he's he's his numbers really quick, just FYI, he has a fourteen oh six ERA. 26 walks, 16 strikeouts. That's a 14.6 walk per nine. Five home runs given up. Okay. Um, All right, you've built your case. That's, yeah, you cannot, I don't care how much he's getting paid at this point, you cannot have that on a major league roster. Um, So, yeah, so he can, he can, we can, I don't know what we have to do, um, but we can, we can get him off the 25-man roster, that's for sure. We'll be back in a moment with more Playing the Rube. But first, let me tell you about philliesnation.com, the place where you can go for your Phillies news, rumors, information, opinion, and much more. It is the offseason. The Phillies have a new manager in Gabe Kapler. And the offseason beginning means that there's a lot of rumors and whispers about what the Phillies and other teams in baseball might do in free agency, trades, and much more. Well, we give you the rundown of what the Phillies are lacking and what they might be looking for this offseason. For this offseason. Maybe outfield. Maybe pitching. Definitely pitching. Maybe infield. Maybe catcher. Every position could be up for grabs. But we will give you a full rundown of all the players that are probably going to be valued by the Phillies in free agency and in trades. Jake Arrieta, maybe? How about Alex Cobb? Maybe Chris Archer? All those names and much more will be debated at philliesnation.com. Go there this week for much more on the offseason targets. And as the offseason continues, follow philliesnation.com for all of your news and rumors. We will tell you when there are new coaches on the team, new players on the team, and very, very minute additions and subtractions from the 40-man roster, because even that stuff is really fun. Follow us on Twitter at Phillies Nation, Facebook.com slash Phillies Nation, and at Instagram at Phillies Nation underscore. Go to philliesnation.com for all of your Phillies news, rumors, information, opinion, and much more. All right, here we go. I'm going to waive Brad Lidge. $12 million for the next four years. You, you're going to wave goodbye. You like that? Well, I'm going to wave him goodbye from the 25-man. <laughs> I'm designating him for assignment with that, yeah. and we'll see what happens from there. That's fine. I mean, we just need someone who's going to give up less than five runs an inning. Okay, Lidge is off the 25-man roster. He was not happy, FYI. Well... It was a very, we haven't been happy all season, it was so a very contentious, get used to it. It was a very contentious showdown there. And guess who's coming back to Major League Baseball? 
I don't want to guess. How about your man Chad Durbin? My man, Chad Durbin. How's he been doing? He he had a bad first start in Lehigh Valley. Well, first appearance in Lehigh Valley. Since then, he's been slightly better. He gave up two <laughs> runs in that first start, then no runs, then two runs, then no runs, then no runs, then one run. Um, but he has actually done well with the strikeout walk ratio. He struck out six and walked three, so that's better than anybody else we have. So he's better than Chad, than Chad Durbin. He's better than Brad Lidge. That is something that I won't disagree with. And since he's on the 40-man and the only other reliever left, he's got to go to Philadelphia. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll he'll have a good stretch here. Okay, so Chad Durbin's on the team. That's not the greatest thing, but whatever. Who cares at this point? I mean, we really need to figure something out anyways. But what is Charlie Manuel going to do with the bullpen itself? Is he going to put Durbin in the closer role or something as strange as that? Or will he just listen to us and maybe do the right thing for once? Ryan Madsen is in the closer role. Oh, good, good. So that's a good decision. See? Jesse Crane, good decisions. Jesse Crane, who has not given up a run yet in the National League, and Chanho Park are your setup men. Chanho Park is having a very good season. Chad Durbin is in middle relief with Jack Tashner and Rodrigo Lopez, and Rodamas Liz is the long man. That's actually a pretty decent bullpen configuration. Certainly better than what we had before. You can't have your worst reliever in your highest leverage situations. Now that the bullpen is taken care of, let's now move on to more pressing issues because I know you want to hear about other pressing issues. So the next question, of course, we can look back and see how our man in Pittsburgh is doing with the bone chips. Right. So Pedro Alvarez for Cesar Hernandez. And if we were to add Rudy Owens to it, who is now healthy, he's a 35 potential. Pittsburgh's okay with it. Okay. Um, we could instead there... throw in Jeff Locke. I think Jeff Locke was the guy with the bone chips. Yeah, he was. And Pittsburgh wants a little more. Okay. Um, a couple hot dogs. A pitching machine. You know, like, <laughs> what are they... Uh... I mean, so they have a longer list, but they're all pretty decent prospects. One of them being the guy that comes up on every rumor is Anthony Goes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give up two young position players in this deal. No, and I think you're right to feel that way. How how good is Jeff Locke exactly? Jeff Locke is a 20 overall, 40 potential. His potential for stuff movement is 50, control 45. He's got a 55 changeup potential, which is his best pitch, and he's a 70 stamina, looks to be a starter. So he's not really... He probably ranges more like a four-starter going forward, um, which I think is about right for this kind of deal because we're getting an everyday third baseman in return. Yeah, so it would be nice to have him, and I, I think it's definitely worth trying to get him over the the other two or three guys on Pittsburgh that we talked about so far. Yeah, I mean, Rudy Owens is interesting too, just FYI. He's a 35 overall and potential He's a 50 stuff, 45 movement, 50 control guy. So, again, kind of that four starter. 
but he's got a better curveball and changeup than um, what's his face's uh, changeup was, and his fastball's a fifty. So he's almost a, he's almost a complete project at this point. He's in AAA. He would probably slot right into that rotation with Carrasco and Hurley and whoever else, maybe Hap. Um, we do have a lot of starting pitching at the top in major leagues. I don't know. Um, Owens is interesting, but maybe he's repetitive at this point. Yeah, well, I'm wondering if we could convert him into a reliever either, so that, you know, since that's where we're really hurting, and we are slowly accumulating a certain amount of depth among our starters, since he is kind of a low-ceiling starter, I'm wondering if, if maybe he would be attractive as a reliever. Well, he's got three pitches, fastball, curveball, changeup, and the curveball and the change are his best pitches. I would feel like the fastball needs to improve a little bit, but he's got the stuff to be a decent reliever, I think. Um, his strikeout-walk ratio is pretty good. This year it's a 18-4 to in AAA. It was 5-3 to in AA and 23-2 to in single A. He actually has been playing three different levels this year, which is pretty impressive. Um, not at the same time, though. And in 2008, his strikeout to walk was 45 to 13. So again, very good. Uh, he's got good numbers. He's a, he's a strikeout pitcher, even though his fastball tops out at 90. He's got really good off-speed stuff. So he's he's almost a, a complete thing right now. And and honestly, you know, if we wanted to, we can convert maybe Hurley to reliever or something like that. So I'm a little bit more on Rudy Owens maybe than I am Jeff Locke actually. Okay. Yeah, and that's nice because they didn't want another add-in if we, if if he's the one being sent, right? Yeah, if it was they would, if it was Locke, uh, they wouldn't like that. Owens, they were okay with that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Um, yeah, and, and what's what's interesting too, and we haven't talked about this a whole lot, but a lot of these ratings are coming down from our personal scouting department, so they're not always universal right and so if he's moving up through their system quickly it might mean that their scouts are seeing more than our particular scouts are true we could try to throw in another guy if we want just because some of our guys are saying that it could be a little bit better um okay if we wanted to throw in i mean i'm looking at guys who maybe maybe a hitter who has a good eye Uh, i'm looking at like 20 year old evan chambers who's a center fielder and yeah, Pittsburgh doesn't really like that, and our guys still don't like it that well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Rudy Owens, Pedro Alvarez, 22-year-old third baseman Chase Darno. We have his brother. Yeah. They would think about it. Our guys still don't love it. Our guys don't love this deal. But I'm not that... I don't care as much this time around. No, I I understand. I mean, they are, our kind of crew here is reluctant to part with... Um, they seem like they're reluctant to make a trade where we're parting with the guy who has the higher upside. That was the case with Victorino, even though... Look at the immense haul that we got back for him. They they weren't crazy even about that, if I remember correctly. And I feel like it's just because Victorino's overall potential is higher. So um, so it's possible that they won't come around on this just solely because Cesar Hernandez has the highest upside of any name involved. 
This is the time in the podcast where we continue to rattle off names of players that we might want to add on to a trade, but we should just skip to basically the final part of this whole conversation. So I'm just looking real quick to see if we can add anybody else that would be interesting. Third baseman Jared Keel, who is currently in double A. He has some option years left. He is eligible for Rule 5. That's the other thing is we'd have to add some guys to the 40-man, to the and we'd have to make some moves there. Um, but this guy's a 20 overall potential, but he's got a 60 discipline, and he's got 50 gap power and home run power. So he feels more like, like a Greg Dobbs potential, um, which I think could be interesting if we wanted to you know, move on from Greg Dobbs, which we probably will with this deal or something like that. Um, that's a guy that we can just have in you know, the minors to kind of – um, when our whistle, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this deal. If you're okay with this deal, um, maybe for these three guys, I think we could do that. Yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Uh, Pedro Alvarez will, if not this season, certainly soon be a sizable upgrade over any other third baseman that we have in our system right now. Uh, it, on our depth chart, we have Dobbs at the top of it. He's a 25 overall, 25 potential. Everybody underneath him is, worse than that so um you know everybody is straight down 20s and 20s so um so yeah and and it's nice to get a little bit of power i know that alvarez isn't a great defender i know that he doesn't have a lot of utility beyond uh, the corner spots but it's certainly an upgrade in a spot that we need one okay cesar hernandez to pittsburgh for pedro alvarez rudy owens and jared keel we're doing it all right, let's do it. I feel like a like a rush through me when we make a trade that I seldom feel in my life. May 28, 2009. The Phillies are 13 and 33. All right. Day ended. We made another trade. The trade has been made. Pedro Alvarez is now a Philly. We traded Cesar Hernandez who was going to be in the Gulf Coast League this year, second baseman with Definite potential as a contact hitter with speed, but we felt that we needed to upgrade now and maybe we could salvage next year, especially. So Alvarez becomes probably the third baseman of the well, he will be the third baseman of the future on this team, but probably right away the third baseman. With Alvarez comfortably in Philadelphia and definitely going to the 25 man roster, now we have to make a move taking somebody out of the 25 man roster. And because we made a trade that involves other guys who are going on to the 40 man roster. We have to remove somebody from the 40-man roster. Here we go. We have two guys who play third base right now in Philadelphia along with Alvarez, and those are Pedro Feliz and Greg Dobbs. Feliz is a 20-20. Do we want to decide to make his day and cut him from the team? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Feliz, he's still owed $14 million, and it just it just sucks to have his $14 million tied up and get nothing out of it, but we're already not. And it's kind of like what I said about Lidge. We owe him 48, and it sucks to not get anything out of it. But he was worse than nothing when we had him. So, so, um, so hold on. Before, before you go any further, he signed for $14 million. He has $4.5 million left on this contract, and then the team option is $5.5 million, but it's a $500,000 buyout. So we'd be on the hook for $5 million. Oh, okay. So that's not bad at all. Yeah, my, yeah, my spreadsheet doesn't have all the specifics on it so um okay so that's not too bad then he also has two options we could see if he'd accepted the motion to the minor leagues four to one odd says he doesn't and he will okay so that was easy 
Yeah. Now, the thing is that we'd have to take him off the 40-man. Right, to uh, to make room for our new friend. Yeah, so why don't we just do it and see what happens? I mean, he's getting paid $4 million this year. A team might not want him at all, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, with his defense, you never know. I mean, I mean, uh, a defensive player on a good team, you know, uh, there's value in that. So we'll just have to see what happens. I guess what I'm saying is we are not a good team. No. <laughs> no. You may have noticed. That's you true. You may have noticed this is not our best season. It's a good point. All right, so the roster stuff is finished. Pedro Alvarez is on the 25-man roster. He is the third baseman. We also have another pitcher in the 40-man roster who's going to go to Lehigh Valley. That's great. Now we have to get back to the day-to-day work and talking about our manager. Let's see what Charlie Manuel wants to do with the lineup now. Yeah, I always, you know I always look forward to Charlie's input. He's got Pedro starting at third base and hitting eighth in the lineup. That's totally fine with me. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, he is an upgrade, but he's still 35 uh, overall. So, you know, he's he's better than what we had, but he's, it, it's going to take him a little while to reach uh, what he can eventually be. And as far as uh, putting our new friend Rudy Owens into our roster, um, just going to Lehigh Valley, the pitching rotation there, there's a lot of pitchers in Lehigh Valley right now. So I don't know what we're going to do there. But currently, three guys are pitching very well. Jay Happ has a 3.58 ERA. Carrasco has a 3.68 ERA. And Eric Hurley has a 2.25 ERA. Very interesting. Um, Eric Hurley is making us look brilliant. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how much young pitching we now have. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good in the, in the rotation, at least. Um. And Rudy Owens now slides into the Lehigh Valley rotation, which is great. Moving Carlos Monasterios into middle relief. That's perfect. And we're good there. So, yeah, that's that's amazing that uh, Eric Hurley. Eric, real quick, Eric Hurley in 60 innings, 225 ERA, 48 strikeouts and 20 walks. Walks are a little high, three three walks per nine. But that's, that's pretty darn good. His FIP is a 406, which we you know is higher, but... That's still pretty decent for a guy that we kind of took a just a quick chance on. We got him for nothing. So to be honest, if he um, sees the majors really in any capacity, I think that that is a victory for us, that signing. And considering our pitching so far this year, it's quite possible. <laughs> Give it time. May 29, 2009. The Phillies are 13-33. and 33. It is yet another new day in Philadelphia, yet another new player on the 25-man roster, and yet another player who's going to be part of the future of the Philadelphia franchise. Well, okay, let's play baseball. We have a doubleheader with the Nationals. This is uh, due to a rain out back in April, so we have two games on this day. In the first game, maybe we can get a good win here. Let's see. A 13-8 loss. <laughs> All right, so David Price, not quite what we hoped. Yeah, let's go through how he did in this one. Five runs in five innings, 13 ERA now. Poof. Six strikeouts and five walks. Yeah, that's a bit gnarly. His control's a 45 right now. 
But that's not a 20. No. So I don't know. You know, he he was in AAA when we made the trade, so maybe he should be in AAA right now, but I feel like I don't want to mess with him yet. Right? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, he he's still not our worst pitcher, you know, by rating. So maybe it's just an adjustment kind of thing. Um, we we have guys that we can call up if we need to, let him take some time, but uh, we'll we'll see. Chad Durbin did not pitch any better than a Brad Lidge would have. He gave up four runs in a third of an inning, part of a 10-run inning by the Nationals in the sixth. Is it, I mean, is it us at this point? Can you even say that it's our fault with, with what we're working with? Well, it is our fault. I mean, if, if, if Chad Durbin is this bad, we probably should just cut and bait with Chad Durbin, just as we did with Brad Lidge, just as we did with Pedro Feliz. Yeah, but then, but then what? Do we have, I mean, are there free agent pitchers available that would be any better? Let's find out. Okay. Oh, joy. Time for another round of Tim and Dan troll the free agent list and waiver wire for relief pitching. Mark Pryor is available. Okay. He's a 20 overall, though, right now. And his yeah, in- so... His injury history is fragile. How about that? <laughs> Who'd have thought? Uh, Joe Bimel, who's a 30 overall and a 30 potential, is available. He's 32. He does want a million dollars. So he wants like a major league, con- which I mean, honestly, I'd give it to him. Um, 45 stuff, 50 movement, 50 control, 45 fastball, 45 curveball, 45 changeup. He's the definition of vanilla. He had a 2.40 ERA for Washington this year and seven strikeouts, seven walks, but yet Washington didn't want him anymore. <laughs> and we're scrounging for him. Um, yeah. He's been pretty good. He, you know, he's a lefty, so it's just another lefty in our staff. But um, he'd won a million dollars, so I don't know. Um, old friend Ron Mahay is still available. He is a 25 overall. Julio Mateo, a 25 overall, also available. These are guys with 50 control. Um, Bartolo Colon's available again. Yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> And old uh, Troy Percival, 39 years old, he's available. He's a, he's a 25 overall as well. A bunch of 25s, and Joe Bimel's a 30, but he wants a million bucks. Yeah, I mean, is it, is it even worth uh, signing a guy if he's not a 30 or above? I mean, no. Because we already have, we're, we're, you know, we're already lining up with a bunch of 20 and 25s, and look what it's getting us. I'd almost rather just bring up young kids and hope that they perform better than... You know, bringing someone that's maybe going to be better, but probably just mediocre at best. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. It, when the numbers are this close together, it, you might as well use the cheaper and the easier option, especially if, you know, some of these, it might go well for some of these guys. Okay, moving on. Game two of the doubleheader against the Nationals. Try to split this one, guys. Let's do it. Hey, it's a 6-5 to five win. All right, we did it. But it was the hard way. We were down 5-4 to four in the ninth inning when Corey Sullivan hit a run-scoring double to win the game. Hey, you, you know, like I said before, there are a million ways to win, and we just happened to find one. Jeremy Hellickson pitched well in the game. Three runs in seven innings, nine strikeouts and a walk, so he, he's looking a lot better. 
Sadly, Jesse Crane uh, had his first bad outing with the Phils, two runs in two-thirds of an inning, so he's got the same disease that everybody else has. Rodrigo Lopez pitched well in relief, at, well, I mean a third of a, an inning, I shouldn't say that's well. And Jack Tashner, again pitching well in an inning, gave up a hit and a walk, but he got out of it. So, good for Jack Tashner. There you go. And, and Jesse Crane, you know, he is highly rated right now by the game, but he still has some things that he needs to work on, so... He's a bit of a project, I'd say, more of a more of a long term kind of solution. Um, so that'll happen, but obviously you'd rather it didn't. So would you rather have a young guy in the pen right now than Chad Durbin, or do you want to kind of wait and see? Um, I mean, I think that we could at least finish out this series, see if Durbin redeems himself in his next appearance or whatever, um, and then why would you uh, why would you want to see <laughs> see from there? What's that? Why would you want him to redeem himself? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, if you're a fan of podcasts, if you're listening to this, you probably are. The Phillies Nation podcast is also part of our network. We do it every two weeks. It comes out on Mondays, uh, every other Monday, I should say. And... The last one was pretty interesting because it came out just as the Gabe Kapler news broke and we recorded a really quick emergency live podcast as the news was breaking. So you can listen to me, Tim Malcolm, give that whole spiel about hmm, what the manager would look like. And then as Gabe Kapler's announced, uh, at least informally by the media, we talk about what that might mean for the franchise. Hey, it's a good thing. We have a guy who seems to be very forward-thinking, progressive, and wants to communicate very well with his players. We'll see what happens. Of course, you can listen to all that on the Phillies Nation podcast. We also have a great interview with Mike Drago of the Reading Eagle, who talked about Dusty Wathen, who didn't get the manager job, but at least he is a very formidable uh, potential coach on the Phillies uh, staff. We still don't know anything about that yet. He's also someone who's very just good baseball guy who maybe could be a manager one day, and it's good to talk about him once in a while. So check out that interview as well on the most recent Phillies Nation podcast. You can check it out wherever you find podcasts. Of course, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, and YouTube.com slash Phillies Nation. The Phillies Nation podcast every two Mondays. It comes out alternating with this one, playing the Rube. You should find it right now. Listen, enjoy. Now, back to playing the Rube. May 30th, 2009. The Phillies are 14 and 34. Game three of a series against the Washington Nationals coming at ya. It is our friend Brett Myers going at it against John Lannon, that piece of crap. Game three of the four game set against the Nationals. We got a two-game winning streak, Dan. Oh, man. I don't, when's the last time you said that? Or have you? I don't think I've said it yet. In the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two to one. Okay. So Myers so pitched well. He gave up one run, three hits, and seven and a third. He struck out ten and walked two. Good for him. Yeah, that is a good start. Struck out ten. I can't believe it. Jesse Crane comes back with two-thirds of an inning. He did give up two hits, but he... he didn't give up any runs, and Ryan Matson got the save in one inning of work with a strikeout. Ryan Matson with a 3-4-8 ERA. Imagine if Brad Lidge was in the game there, by the way, with a 2-1 to lead. I, I don't want to. I don't want to imagine that. I'm glad, we um, made the, I'm glad we made the move. Yeah, me too. 
Pedro Alvarez, two for four with a double in the game. He's hitting 375 in the early going with us. Sounds good. So that so that seems like it was a good acquisition, even just from the start. Short sample size, Dan. I Listen, I love short sample sizes when they make us look good. Some news out of baseball. Vladimir Guerrero hits his 400th home run. And Chase Utley leads all second basemen in NL All-Star voting. 309,000 plus votes in front of Martin Prado of the Braves. And Cole Hamels is fourth among starting pitchers in All-Star voting. He's behind Dan Heron, Jake Peavy, and Chad Billingsley. Chad Billingsley! <laughs> there's a name for There's a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Chase Utley also leads all second basemen in how much I like him. So... Um, I don't know what that's worth, but it's, I am going to mention it. Well out ahead of Brandon Phillips of the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> and more good news. Brad Lidge and Pedro Feliz were not claimed by anybody. <laughs> okay, so good news doesn't always have to be surprising, I guess. Uh. <laughs> so now it's time to make a decision on Brad Lidge. All right, let's be real. There's not really a decision to be made here, but the clock starts ticking now. All right, well, we're not sending him back to Philly, are we? Nope. All right. <laughs> what are well, we doing? Been... Thanks for 2008, Brad. <laughs> we have seven days. I think our goal is to find a trade partner in some way. Maybe we eat salary. I don't know. we got to figure this out. Or not okay. figure it out. Yeah, well, we have seven days to do that. So let's waste the first one to not do anything. I that sounds let's procrastinate as long as we possibly can. May thirty first, two thousand nine. The Phillies are fifteen and thirty four. Can we actually make it another win? Sixteen and thirty four? Could it happen? Final game of the four game set against the Nationals. We could win three of four, Dan. This is great. Yeah. And don't you miss when it was a given that we kinda would when we you know, when we were playing uh, Washington, but um, but yeah, it, this would be a great series to win. Uh, Washington's having a decent season. Um, we certainly are not, and yeah. we we've, we've been getting good pitching performances of all things. So to have a series that we win on the back of pitchers would be would be just something else. Nationals are twenty six and twenty four, so we could send them a little further on their way to five hundred baseball. We are fifteen and thirty four, so we can get. Nowhere close to being a 500 baseball team with a win. Let's see what we do here. Cole Hamels. Oh, and you love that, too. Every time Cole Hamels is on the mound, we have a shot. 7-2 to two win. Told you. 7-2 to two win, Dan. Don't call it a comeback. Look out, NL East. Two-run fourth, three-run sixth. Cole Hamels, nine innings. Two runs, six hits, nine strikeouts, no walks. His ERA is one eight four. And that is why every single team we talk to wants to trade for him. It's weird. I don't know why they want him. No idea. <laughs> Jason Worth went O for O in the game with four walks. Hey, as long as he's getting on base. Yeah. He's hitting two fourteen on the season. But his on-base percentage is 338, so it could be better. But that's for a 214 average. 338 OVP is pretty damn good. 
Yeah, I mean, there's value in that. Obviously, if he's walking, you're not getting the power production out of him that, that you'd hope for. But if we're winning, we're winning. I'm not going to complain about that yet. And Chase Utley hit his uh, eighth home run of the season. He went one for four with a walk. He's now get, uh, getting on base at a 443 clip. That's crazy. Man, we got to win more games. But this is great. Yeah. This is great. This is a good start. I mean, with this rotation... After Hamels, it still takes a dip, you know, it still drops off a bit. But these other pitchers are at least capable enough that you're not just kind of praying for a chance any given day, you know. So it feels like any given day we're at least going to be in it. Playing the Rube is a Phillies Nation podcast. You can find it where you can find the Phillies Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, and YouTube.com slash Phillies Nation. My thanks to Brian Michael, the executive producer and the founder of philliesnation.com. Also thanks to Dan Walsh, my partner in crime, who is not here right now with me as I record these final edits. We will catch you next time on Playing the Rube, where we continue to win. Finally some winning, right? Cool, right? Did you, did you like this one? God, I hope you did. See you next time.